Good morning, you guys, and happy Saturday. It is Amanda with KSLM Radio on 104.3 FM and 12.20 AM. And in studio with me, I have a special guest, Dr. Siegfried. How are you? Fine, thank you. So tell me a little bit about yourself. You've got a chiropractor, uh, or sorry, a practice here in McMinnville. Yes, yes. That's actually a clinic that's been there since 1922. Not me, but the practice is, uh, was founded in 1922. Okay, awesome. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your history and what got you here today? Well, uh, from square one, I was born and raised in Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And um, uh, let's see, I went to undergraduate college in um, Schiller University in Heidelberg, Germany. Oh, wow. I went on a, I went on a, ju- I started at Mount St. Mary's College from, uh, for college. And my junior year, they have these junior year abroad programs. You know, you study, go somewhere, study for junior year. Well, yeah. I chose Heidelberg, Germany and um, uh, went to Schiller University and spent Three and a half years there. I never went back to Mount St. Mary's College. What made you choose to go to Germany of all places? I had a German teacher in uh, college, and I liked her. And and then I had another music teacher who uh, played us a lot of German uh, uh, symphony music. And... Um, that was it. Yeah, so, so you were the, like, you know what? Germany it is. Well, it was junior year, and uh, what do you got? You know, you have an opportunity. Yeah. And I had saved a certain amount of money from working, and so I did janitor work, cut grass, raked leaves, snow, shoveled snow. I mean, there was a lot of things I did. Delis, made donuts, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. my dad taught me to save. So junior year abroad came along. I was like, can I go there, Dad? And he said, yeah, sure, why not? So I went there for a semester and liked it so much, I never came back. And I... I was studying political science and uh, uh, theology, religious studies. I have a degree in theology, or religious studies, and political science. Wow. So when I finished there, I decided I didn't want to be a, a lawyer, priest, post, or pa- a priest or pastor. I decided I was going to do something else. And because my father was the local health nut in our neighborhood, <laughs> uh, he took us to chiropractors and naturopaths, and my mother's side of the family. Uh, my great uncle founded Nazareth Hospital in Philadelphia. Oh wow! And uh, his son was an orthopedist. So because I, I have a club foot, and so I was born with a club foot. So my father would always take me to the chiropractor to get adjusted, and my cousin, who was an orthopedic surgeon, gave me these corrective shoes. And so between the two of them, I was exposed to all this growing up. You know, health nut, good food, uh, natural health care, medical care whenever I needed. So I had to both of them. So what happened was. Um, I had an opportunity to, uh, when I thought I was going to go into medicine, so to speak, mm-hmm. I uh, ended up working at a hospital in uh, Philly. It's called Holy Redeemer Hospital. And uh, did, I, was, uh, I worked in the pathology department. So, and the pathologist took me under his wing. And I did, uh, we call them postmortems, but they're actually they're autopsies. And then we did back, okay. we did microbiology, stuff, all this stuff in the hospital that I was learning. All so hold stuff. on, you actually like, you would cut open... Yeah, that's what happens when people die and you don't know what they die from. You want to find out what they die from. So you go to the pathologist and you do an autopsy to say, well, what would they die from? Yeah. So we did those. And I was going to Temple Met, Temple University studying pre-med at the time because I had to go get my pre-med study. So I was doing all this at the same time. Jeez. So you you, you definitely like your plate to be full, it sounds like. I'm, I'm accused of, you know, what is it called? The obsession is a virtue. You know, I just, uh, I'm always So 24/7. other people have pointed this out to you? <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. It's very clearly. <laughs> Don't you ever stop, you know? <laughs> okay, so with the Can't pathology, you slow down? right? I want to ask, did it 
freak you out? Was it creepy? Was it, uh, or was it fascinating? It was fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating because you had all the different aspects of medicine that you could be exposed to in a hospital. Right. And nothing scary can go wrong because the patient's already deceased. So. Yes. Yes. And I had a chance to observe surgeries. And then we did, uh, you know, when people get these tests for cancer or whatever, you, yeah. you, there was the diagnosis of that. So I learned how to do all these slides and everything. And then we went to the microbiology. If people have antibiotics or Drugs will sometimes upset their, give them a urinary tract infection, something like that. Yeah. You go to the lab and you say, oops, cut that out or that sort of thing. So I got the whole gamut. And I, and yeah, I was you really, did. I was really, it was a fascinating experience. So what was your favorite part about all of those different opportunities that you had? Uh, the, the, the biggest, the, the um, epiphany came when I realized that, all due respect, because I think medicine has its place, there was just not much room for nutrition and everything that I learned growing up. Yeah. I thought I was going to go into orthopedics and, I, and, and all of that, and I thought I was going to go to Jefferson Medical School because of all the connections that I had, blah, blah, blah. But I opted for the other because I could still use my hands, practice nutrition, biochemistry, clinical nutrition, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, it was all wide open in terms of the natural healthcare field, what you could do with my degree that I got. And so I went to Western States Chiropractic College in Portland, Oregon, because one of our family doctors back east um, was a, he was a naturopath and a chiropractor. So he said, go to Western States is a good place because they had a dual degree. Mm -hmm. And so I went there for that. And unfortunately, the, the school split and it became the Western States. It's called the University of Western States now. Okay. And then there's the National College of Natural Medicine. So they, they split up and they had the two schools there. So I never did get the ND degree at first, but then I got it later in 1996. So I, um, after I left the hospital, I... Um, Ended up out here in 1976, and as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, so and I might add, the, the, the thing that was incredible about moving out here was my mentor told me about this one company uh, who has whole food concentrates. Mm -hmm. So he said, go out there and learn from that man who has the distributorship out here. So I spent a lot of time with that man who, else, who also taught biochemistry and clinical nutrition at Western States. And relative to my nasal specific treatment, I met Dr. Diebold, who was also, he was, an, he was an osteopath, and he was 86 at the end of his career. And he was uh, also a whole food nutrition, consult, did consultations with his patients for whole food nutrition. He took me under his wing. So these two wonderful, wonderful yeah. people took me under their wing. And Dr. Diebold learned what, what is commonly called now craniosacral ther therapy in the manipulative therapy world from the originator of it because Dr. Diebold graduated from the Little John College of Osteopathic Medicine in 1925. Oh, wow. And uh, now it's called the Chicago College of Osteopathic Medicine. And I talked to Dr. Diebold about going to osteopathic school because I was just, I was, my, my brain was just wide open. What's the best path for me? And he said, you're on a good path, stay there. But he also said, you got to meet Dr. Stober, who was the the, the guru and the godfather of the nasal-specific treatment here in the Northwest. In fact, he developed it. Okay. So uh, he said, you got to, Dr. Diebold taught me, taught me all these craniosacral works and the different cranial manipulation techniques, but he said, you got to go see Dr. Stober because he's way up the ladder. So I went to Dr. Stober's class at Western States, and of all things, 
I'm stretching here because people might not understand this, but they don't understand this. But it was an ear, nose, and throat class, and it was an endocrinology class. Okay. So here we are talking about the cranial bones, the skull bones, and the brain connected to the endocrine system, like we talked about earlier. And he said, when the bones of the head, you have 22 bones in the head, they're supposed to be moving all the time, <clears throat> or you're dead. And when they're moving, the brain is pumping, making hormones and chemicals and without getting too technical, flu technical fluids that go to every cell and tissue in the body. Mm -hmm. You learn how to do this technique, and you're going to help a lot of people. You'll help more people. And because of my own, uh, I, I grew up in Philly, so we had fights and, you know, I had a few concussions. I broke my nose one time when I was in Heidelberg. I broke my nose playing rugby. And so I had some headaches, migraine headaches off and on and sinus problems and some... I was wearing reading glasses at the time. So I, you know, I was young and dumb and didn't know any better. And I thought, okay, I've got these problems and I was athletic, so I, I could handle it, right? Right. Well, Dr. Stober said, you want to change that? I'll help you change that. And I thought, okay. So I got rid of my headaches. My, I didn't need my glasses anymore. And my sinus, my breathing improved tremendously. And I was able to keep, actually became a better athlete. So oh, wow. that changed my life. When I heard him say that, and then when he did it, the light went on, and I said, okay, I'm going to learn this. I spent 10 years. I pestered him enough. He let me spend 10 years and over 1,000 hours to, in his office studying Wow. Uh, with him, and I became his protege. And so I, he took treatments from me. He was, I was the only student he'd take treatments from because <laughs> he got into this because as a kid, he had broken his nose on the farm several times and had all kinds of problems. And then when he got into chiropractic college, he was learning all these manipulative techniques, and he was studying the osteopathic cranial manipulation techniques, and he thought, hey, maybe I could do it better. Mm -hmm. And that's how he got started. So he let me be I – I treated him up until he died. I spent 10 years and 1,000 hours with him, right up until he died. Wow. So that's – so you actually had the treatment yourself, and that's what sold you. You were like, no, this was life-changing to me. The this light is went my on. path. When I heard him talking about that, I thought, gee, what is that? You know, people hear things, and they say, what, 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 what's he going to do for me? Right, right. So I was like, that's always what's this going to do for me? Yes. And I thought, wow, that'd be fine. Then, you know, maybe I won't have so many headaches, and I can study better, and maybe, maybe that's why I don't have a good memory, and I don't do as good at school as I'd like to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, all that thing. So I thought, okay. And then when I got the treatment, it's like, that's it. I'm going to learn this. Sold. Sold. That okay. was it. And it's been 1976 is when I, the lights went on. I had my first treatment, and I've been practicing it ever since. And I practiced it in uh, – I took time off from school and worked in, on, on, in Broadway for Broadway shows, ballet companies, jockeys, uh, and ended up with the Italian Olympic team. And all of these people had the benefits of this. And I had my own clinic in these different scenarios, and it was just wonderful. So, And then when I came back to Portland – um, when I actually, when I started full time in Portland, um, actually Dr. Stober got started with children who had been injured at birth. Oh, forceps, uh, very long deliveries. Uh, those are two of the big ones. Yeah, long, long deliveries, cerebral palsy, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how he got started because back in the day, back in the '40s and the '50s, they had these homes, quote unquote, homes for children that had been injured at birth. Injured at birth. And so they didn't have all these institutions we have now. And so one of his patients who was a nasal-specific patient, that's the technique, she said, do you think you could help any of these kids? And he said, well, sure, why not? Let's try. So that's how his practice morphed into the children as well as the chronic sinus, headaches, sleep apnea, and all that stuff. And so he did an unbelievable 
work with children, which he taught me. And now I, I treat children, too. Just the other day, in fact, I had a boy who's eight years old, ADHD. Back in the 70s, we called them hyperactives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was the food coloring and all this and that. And now there's all these other things that connected with it. Right. Well, this kid has ADHD. And um, he's the term now is he's on the spectrum. So he's on the spectrum. And the mother was somehow she found me online and came over from Idaho. And she was... Um, uh, telling me about her problems because she heard about the sinusitis problems. And then we were talking. She said, do you think you can help my kid? And I said, yeah, I mean, we can try. So this kid, just to give you an idea, when he came to the clinic, you know, just a lot of these ADH kids, you know, God bless them and all due respect, they're, they're like Tasmanian devils sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So we took him out of the, we made him, no, he couldn't sit in the reception, so he came into my treatment room and to lock the door, and I'm talking to the mother, and he's kind of buzzing around doing all this. And finally she said, well, if you think we can help, maybe we should treat him first. And I said, great. So as long as, you know, and it's difficult. I mean, I have to let people know it's tough on the kids. They don't like it, but it's the outcome. Right. And she was concerned, what, what about this and what about that? And I said, listen, it's a parenting thing sometimes, so if you think this is a good idea... I think it's a good idea. So we did it. And that kid, after I treated him, he sat in the corner looking around the room for about the next 20 to 30 minutes like he'd been lobotomized. And the mother was like, uh, can we do another one? <laughs> right away. <laughs> well, she brought, they were here for three days. So I treated him three days in a row. Okay. So after the first day, though, this kid went, this kid went home. She put him to bed early, which is unusual. Unusual, right. Put him to bed early. The next morning, um, Called me up and said, you know, my son's still asleep. I said, okay. She said, well, it's 8 o'clock. And I said, okay. She goes, he never, ever, nobody, we don't get, we, the, the house does not stay down that long. Yeah. Is that okay? And I said, well, yeah, his brain is recalibrating. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the point is we took the kid, Dr. Stover, you say, we took the kid off the merry-go-round. Because there's other children with oh, yeah. palsy and all these, so many things, we called them headbangers. Mm -hmm. And he was able to help all that. So... The reason I'm saying this is because it's a very dynamic thing simply because we get the bones of the, bones of the head moving the way they should be. All, they all pivot. There's 22 of them. They pivot off what's called the sphenoid bone. And when the bones are moving properly, the brain is pumping chemicals and everything else, and the body just does its thing. So that's what we do. Okay. Well, why don't you give us a quick address and phone number and website really quick before we take a quick break. My phone number in McMinnville is 503-472-6550. The website is nasalspecific.com. Nasalspecific.com. And what's your address? 301 Northeast Dunn Place, McMinnville, Oregon. It's across from the hospital behind the McDonald's. Awesome. All right, you guys, uh, stay tuned. We're going to send it to a commercial break, and we will be right back with more on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. Good morning, you guys. It is Amanda, and we are back with Dr. Siegfried here. So we kind of dove into a lot of your history and what got you down this path. And I'm looking at this paper that kind of goes over everything you've done. And you're yeah. definitely a go-getter. You yeah. don't stop. <laughs> I've come to realize. But what I love about that the most is that you have so much knowledge because you didn't just go get your degree and stop. No, you dove in and got degrees in many different things. You participated in a lot of things. You studied under people. You're extremely knowledgeable in what you're doing. So can you tell me a little bit more about the other things that you were involved in? Well, uh, of course, there's the schooling and the continuing education and all of that that goes with it. Right. But I, I also feel, um, I also felt, uh, what was it, uh, Teddy Roosevelt said something about, you know, you have to 
put back, give back to your profession. Yes. To that, to that extent. Mm-hmm. And I have it actually. It's on my wall. I forget the name of what it says. But in any case, uh, and my parents were very community-minded. So um, we were very active in our church and the community and everything. So when I became a physician, a chiropractor, and, I, and when I got all that done, I thought, okay, what can I do outside of my practice to help, mm-hmm. even though I felt like I was doing a lot in my practice, but I still, what else can I do? So Just to go get her in you. <laughs> so uh, I became involved professionally with our state organization, and I became a, a lobbyist in Salem for three years. Okay. And uh, it was interesting because it took a lot of time out of my practice. It's, uh, you know, it's politics. Yeah. And so I drew from some of my political background, uh, schooling and all that stuff, History and so I was spent a lot of time in I spent a lot of time in Salem <laughs> a lot of time probably more than hindsight I should have but I still right. I enjoyed it I made a lot of good uh, connections I made a lot of good friends I realized that so many of the people in Salem are really dedicated to improving our lot mm-hmm. here in the state of Oregon you know there's politics so there's stuff goes on all the time but I met some really 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 good people some of them that it became became good. F- became patients and actually good friends. That's awesome. So that was a fantastic experience. And in hindsight, I'd do it again, uh, but I'm further down the road. Much, yeah. I'm 30 years tw- further down the road, and now I have. And then I got involved with my p- professional organization at the, at the state level with the Board of Examiners. Okay. I spent three years there, and I became the vice president. So I, I did as much as I possibly could for my profession. Yeah. And then as my family got older, I, I have four children and nine grandchildren. So, oh, wow. Uh, Big family. That became, <clears throat> that's really my focus. My yeah. family and my practice. You know, in the end, it's my family and my practice, my health, my family and my practice. Yes. That's in the end. But then locally, in McMinnville, we did uh, we did a big fundraiser one time for the Henderson ha- Henderson House. And what's that? That's a, a a women's shelter. Okay. And this was back in 1995 or something like that. And uh, we raised a lot of money for them, and we shut down downtown McMinnville, and it was a huge event, and absolutely much bigger than I anticipated because so many people got involved. Yeah. And we did that, and then I've and I've done I've done that I've done other not nothing to that extent over the years, but every year we have some kind of fundraiser through the clinic uh, for either the Henderson House or what's called the Juliet House, and the Juliet House, um, it's kind of like the Henderson House for young women. Okay. So uh, we donate to them whenever we can. Yeah. We have a fundraiser every year, and this year, for example, this time of year, we've got the fundraiser down to the point where we say to people, okay. Um, Instead of people just randomly bringing things that, you know, toothpaste, blankets, uh, you know, underwear, socks, you know, all these basic things. Right. Snacks that they can use to help the, the girls or the families come in that are in a crisis and help them get through, help them land, so to speak, mm-hmm. to get some help. So that we have a very, a very long, a strict list of things to have people donate to us and through the clinic. And we do that every year. So... You know, professionally, I feel like I've done a lot. Uh, civic, you know, from a civic standpoint, I feel like I've been involved as much as I can, and uh, so that's uh, been my professional thing. And I still, I still do whatever I can. But, but the organizational things, why I say the Henderson House, the um, what do you call it, the the Juliet House. Uh, we have things in the clinic where I donate time to evaluate kids for, like, scoliosis yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what? 
I just try to do whatever I can uh, to, to give back as best I can. Absolutely. And keep the ball rolling and uh, basically keep my enthusiasm up so I don't retire because I'm too happy practicing. I don't practice as long as much as on Monday, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday now, 9 to 12, 3 to 6. I call it Italian time because <laughs> I, I practiced in Italy for with the Italian Olympic team for two years. And it, I, Italian time is 9 to 12, three-hour lunch, and then uh, 3 to 6. So. Okay. So wait, you practiced with the Italian Olympics, like you helped them with their chiropractic needs, or yeah. you were participating? No, I wasn't participating. Um, however, I didn't get, get involved with an Army baseball team over there professionally when I was there, but the, I was over in Italy because I was offered a job at a, uh, at a medical, an orthopedic, physical therapy, medical clinic, sports medicine clinic in Pisa. That's another story, but I was, <laughs> I was invited to go there. And I qualified, so I went there, and it was close to Terrania, which is on the Mediterranean. Uh, it's, west of, it's west of Pisa. People okay. know where Pisa is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there was a training center there, and a lot of the athletes came to the medical clinic. for They were track and field, and they'd get injured, and they'd come to the clinic, and yep. PT and all this stuff, and orthopedics. And So I was their chiropractor, and what happened was I helped enough of the athletes. And people have to understand, in, in Europe, track and field is, is revered. Uh, like, almost like football and basketball and baseball are here. If you're a, tra- a track and field athlete in Europe, you are revered. Okay. So there's, and the government supports it, unlike here. Right. The government supports these athletes that are really good, so there's money in it. And mm-hmm. when there's money, that means what can we do to get more money? Yeah. So they thought, okay, this chiropractor over in this orthopedic clinic – why don't, we, why don't we just get him for the team? Yeah. So that's what happened. I got hired by the track and field team, the coaches and the athletes. They were the ones that led the way. And so the Olympic Committee hired me, and I sp- and spent the time there, and I spent there. We traveled all over Italy and uh, Eastern Europe, and we went to Dubai and spent wow. four months there. We went to Mexico City. right before, it, was all, it was before the su- – 83 and 84, so it was right before the Summer Olympics okay. in L.A., so that gig lasted from April until 83 until September of 84. Then it was like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, my wife and I decided, let's see. We've been dragging these two kids around for, you know, almost two years. But it, it wasn't a problem. I mean, it was a very cosmopolitan environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, all you have to do in Italy is, like, my wife would come over for a period of time, and then they'd come back. And I'd say, you know, I think I need to go home and see my family for a while. Oh, okay, good. So they put me on a plane, come back <laughs> here, and I'd spend a week or two, and I'd go back. Yeah. And so it was a real cosmopolitan lifestyle, which I really enjoyed. So that led me – That's after that, I settled down in Portland and got into all these other activities. Well, what an honor to be chosen to go to Italy to be a chiropractor. <laughs> that's got to be a huge honor. It was – It was surreal almost. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. We'll be back in just a second. Stay tuned. Good morning, you guys. It is Amanda, and we are back from break. And in studio with us, I have Dr. Siegfried here. So let's dive into your treatment. Tell me all about it. Well, let's start start with the nasal-specific treatment because that's um, – that's, That's the big dog. I'm passionate about that. Yes. I'm passionate about everything I do because I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. I take my Hippocratic Oath very seriously. Do no harm. The patient is first and do no harm. Mm-hmm. That's the sum and substance of it. But the point is um, I'm very, very passionate about the nasal-specific treatment because uh, it's very unusual. Uh, I've been called the guru and the godfather of it and this and that, and I was so Blessed to be able to t- study with Dr. Stober. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's the thing. 
the patients that come to see me with my, well, I'll back up. I do, I do my nasal specific treatment. I have regular chiropractic care patients, which is spinal things, back, neck, headache, pain, things like car accidents. You know, people are running each other all the time. Millions of there's millions of car accidents every year, and yeah, so yeah. The, the thing is, especially in Oregon, you know, everybody's running each other when it gets it's gets rainy and everything. And <laughs> we forget it, how to drive. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. One of the reasons is one of my patients was a, a state trooper, and one of the when somebody would be speeding or getting a wreck, the first thing they want to say was, "Give me your cell phone," because so many people are on their cell phones now, mm-hmm. and now they got TVs in their car. I mean, it used to be radios, and that was bad enough. Now they got TVs, the texting, and if you every time you look down, you travel, you know, any some people say several hundred yards. Oh yeah. Before you look back up, even though it's a split second, and before you know it, boom. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the first questions. Give me your cell phone because they want to see, and that's not good because most eighty percent. Some some people say seventy eighty percent of the car accidents from people texting or Jeez. on their cell phone. So a lot of car accidents. And I promise that text isn't worth it. What's that? That text isn't worth it. Oh. I mean, you have to think to yourself, why, what are we doing? Yeah. That's like the new addiction. I mean, what, what are you on your phone all the time for? Yeah. You know, you're getting radiated. You're, you know, you're carrying a battery around and then there's the diversion. It's like, and anyway, the point is I treat a lot of patients with car accidents, especially <laughs> in the wintertime. So we have the car accidents. We have our regular chiropractic patients with back and neck issues, you know, hurt themselves or twist, fall, whatever. And then I do a lot of nutrition work. Nutrition consultations, whole, I, I refer to it as whole food nutrition, uh, which, and I have a podcast on nutrition. So okay. I, have, I summarized, uh, from a nutrition standpoint, I summarized a book of, uh, that was almost, I think it was 1,000 pages, and they had like 7,000 pages, 7,000 medical references back that was done. It was published back in the, th- the 30s and 40s, and it was uh, called The Vitamins in Medicine. Okay. And my mentors that I told you about when I came to s- Portland, I met this this man who was a clinical biochemist, and he had a company called United Medical Laboratories, which was the largest medical laboratory in the world oh, at wow. the time. And he had a big distributorship for this famous whole food company. <clears throat> so he took me under his wing, and he taught me all these things. And he, and when he passed, I got a lot of his library. Okay. And I've been carrying this book around for <clears throat> ever since he passed in the 80s. And so uh, I summarized it in my podcast, and it's called... Are your vitamins destroying your health? Which is a play on words. But people don't realize that vitamins are chemicals, they're isolates, and they actually cause problems. Now, you might feel good for a while, but you can feel good for a while. Have a drink. I mean, you get a shot. You can feel good for a while, but in the end, the body has to supply the nutrients missing in the chemicals to, get, to make it work, and then you cause a deficiency. Mm-hmm. So the point is, that's my podcast on nutrition. And I always tell patients about it. And some people listen, some don't. But if you want to learn about vitamins, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, where they came from, what foods they're in, and what supplements you can take with to have the whole food concentrate, that's the, that's the thumbnail sketch for my nutrition. Okay. Where do you find your podcast? Uh, on Spotify. How would people look it up? Do- Dr. Siegfried's podcast. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Um, you guys can Spotify, email me. Um, I'll, I'll dig and look for it. So for the listeners, if you guys are interested and you want to check out his podcast, because I know I do, um, email me, Amanda, at kslm.news, and I'll shoot you guys over a link. Yes, each podcast is about a half an hour, so it's not, you know, it's not a droner. I'm not a droner. Right. I mean, you can tell the way I talk. I'm not a droner. But it's very practical stuff. Okay. I'm really big on helping people. What can you do at home for yourself? And when you have problems, what can you do for your home, mm-hmm. at home for yourself? And if you have to go somewhere, how can you how can you uh, sort out the wheat from the chaff? Yeah, it's that simple. Because all of this stuff is not paid for. You know, 
People don't realize this, but back in the 90s, there was a big, it was called the Eisenberg study. All the, people were spending billions of dollars on healthcare outside of the system. Mm-hmm. So this doctor, I think it was Eisenberg from Harvard, said, well, let's, let's track this down. They were spending billions of dollars on quote-unquote complementary medicine. Vitamins, minerals, chiropractic, massage, naturopathic, all kinds of things yeah. outside of the medical model. So all of a sudden, guess who's covering these things supposedly if you pay your $10,000 deductible? Yeah. Your insurance company. So it's, a, it's an incredible thing. But the point is, I'm into empowering people. Mm-hmm. And I just figure if I empower somebody, then they'll send me somebody and I'll empower them. And that's how I've been in practice for so long. Right. Absolutely. So, so you and, must be doing something right. So, yeah. Yeah. So and the fact that the clinic has been there since 1922, that's pretty, that's pretty good, too. Yeah. So in any case, uh, because we've done, there's been so many things done at the clinic for 100 years. Yeah. All of the, all of the doctors were... Very, very inquisitive, always willing to learn, help, do whatever they can, because that's what we do. Yeah. But back to my, I guess, my baby, which is the nasal-specific treatment, uh, that that really got started with babies. And I'll tell you a quick story about my son. Okay. Um, our fourth, well, I have four children and nine grandchildren. So our our third baby was born at home, midwife, which was great. And my wife had a delivery that was almost put her in the hospital. We were yeah. thinking, oh, so are we going to have to do a C-section? We had two midwives that had been practicing, I don't know, over 100 years or something. <laughs> so these women were really like, okay, okay, okay. But after about so many hours, in fact, 36 hours, it was oh like, my oh, my gosh, gosh what are we going to do? So I had an epiphany with my wife struggling so much, and I adjusted her low back, and boom, out came little Christopher. No way. Just boom, like that. That's the good news. And he was about nine and a half pounds. He's a big dude. Oh, yeah, So anyway, he, he came out, but he was like a kielbasa. <laughs> and the the midwife said, you know, this, you know, here he is. He's, and Huge. He's, he cried like a stuck pig when he came out. <laughs> he was in so much pain. Yeah. So anyway, they said, you know, we got to, they, then they hang out, you know, and they said, you know, I said, what do you think? That's, you know, what a kill boss is. It's an old, like a sausage. Is yeah. It? You know, we call it a conehead. He was a super conehead. Okay, a yes. A super conehead. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, may, you know, maybe he'll have some palsy and this and that. And I thought, okay, I'm taking him to Dr. Stober. So I took him to Dr. Stober on day two. Oh, wow. You didn't waste no time. No. Well, my wife, I said, what are we going to do? And she goes... My wife was like, what do you think? And I said, Stover, Dr. Stover. Yep. And, you know, I relied on her intuition. So here's the baby, Dr. Stover. You know, brand new. Here's the baby. You know, what's he going to do? So he adjusted the baby's head. And right before our eyes, you could see his head molding. See, when the baby is born, the head has to mold. They call it molding. It has to, the the, the plates have to kind of like get, go together. Mm -hmm. So you can get out. And then when you come out, it's supposed to spring back open. So you have a nice round, big basketball head. <laughs> like if you look at the athletes, they have beautiful, beautiful structures. Anyway, that's the goal. Well, we popped it. We ad- he adjusted his head and Christopher, he just wept for like 24 hours. He just, he wept and he slept and he wept. He just, he, he was weeping. He wasn't crying. He was just weeping just from all that stress on his head. Yeah. So that was an incredible experience for me to see that. And, um, and then our other kids, we, we, they ended up getting nasal specifics too. And up until they left the house. And in fact, some of them still get them from me. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were concerned, <clears throat> we were really concerned with them because, you know, as a kid grows, <clears throat> things come up. You know, they look okay. Yeah. Then you have your well baby checks, and it's like, uh, well, you know, he's really, you know, he's not doing the way he should be doing on the scale. Well, he ended up becoming a professional pitcher. 
Okay. For the Chicago Cubs. And he pitched five years for the Chicago Cubs. And so I attribute it to the fact that I knew how to take care of him. And I gave him those same treatments, all you know, right through, and good nutrition. So that's how the nasal-specific thing started with the children. And I'm getting more children all the time now. Like I told you the other day, I had an ADH kid. Uh, I have another. I have kids that don't talk as fast as they could. And I always go back through the pregnancy because that, and that's where my nutrition works. I mean, if I can get a hold of them, what are you doing before nutrition? Because you know, in the, in the quote-unquote, I don't know what's politically correct, indigenous societies, primitive societies, whatever that had nothing to do with civilization. And this is where the, your listeners uh, should get a hold of Dr. Price's work, the Price Pottinger Foundation. The, 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 um, the, the flagship of the whole organization is Nutrition and Physical Degeneration by Dr. Weston Price and the Pottinger Cat Studies. Those two things, you could build a whole, you, that's the basis for my practice. Okay. Cooked food, cooked food diseases. Get away from your natural diet, your indigenous diet, all this white flour, white sugar, pasteurized milk. You create these problems. It's, it's, the, it's the bane of civiliza modern civilization. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the point is that's, that's the basis for my nutrition practice. And so Christopher was well-fed. He was well. He was taken care of. These kids that I take care of now, that some of them, you know, you have to admit, some of them are damaged, you know. But you, mm -hmm. you're always trying, you know, you've heard of epigenetics. You got a genetic problem. What can you do? What, yes. You got a deck of cards. What can you do? And you do the best you can. And then we have, we have lots of miracles, you know, kids that start talking and they, all this kind of stuff. But, uh, and then we morph into the adults with the sinus problems and the concussion symptoms and the, all the things that go w along with the head not moving the way it should be. Right. 22 bones, they pivot off the sphenoid bone, they're supposed to pump the brain, and if that happens, the, the body's doing its own thing, assuming that it has the good gas and oil. That's how I refer to my nutrition. You got good gas and oil, the car will run pretty good. Right. If you don't have good gas and oil, forget about it. You know, You're mud in the gas bone. tank, mud in the gas tank's not going to work. Mm -mm. You got the car in good alignment, good good gas and oil, you got a ball game. Things happen, but you can still do a lot for them. So that's my uh, to summarize. My practice is regular chiropractic care, a lot of car accident injuries, sports injuries, of course. And nutrition consult, whole food nutrition consultations, and the nasal specific treatment. Okay, That's pretty much it. Perfect. We got about forty seconds, so why don't you give me your phone number and address again and website? My phone number is five zero three four seven two six five five zero. That's in McMinnville, Oregon. Um, my website for the nasal specific is nasalspecific.com, and my overall website is Oregon Wellness Care. Okay, perfect. And if you guys didn't catch any of that or you're just driving, didn't have a pen and a paper, email me, amanda at kslm.news, and I will shoot you guys over all of his links, phone numbers, address, and all that good stuff because you guys definitely don't want to miss out on this. All right, we'll be back in just a moment after these messages. Good morning, you guys. It is Amanda and Dr. Siegfried. We are back again. Okay, will you take me through what it looks like to do a consultation with someone with uh, sinusitis? Did I say that correctly? Yes, okay. yes, it, yes. Sinusitis. Sinusitis. And, which means the nose. Okay. So it, you got nose <laughs> I issues. I started with that. <laughs> you got nose issues. And the issues that people come to see me with relative to my nasal-specific treatment are basically, there's millions of people under the umbrella of sinusitis. There's rhinitis, there's, there's all kinds of things, runny nose, snoring, sleep apnea, uh, allergies, mouth breathing, uh, e even hearing issues, dry eyes. Yeah. It's all, it's all connected to the head. It is. 
But in the end, it seems like the sinuses are one of the most affected areas mm -hmm. because that's when the system is really in the tank. All these other things happen, and I'll, I'll tell you that, I'll explain that in a minute. The sinus problems are like the you're at the end of the road. Mm -hmm. Okay, you've got all, all these other things that happen because I have a big list of questions that I a long list of questions that I ask patients all the time. And what happens is they say, well, I come in for, you know, I'm here because I have these sinus issues. Or I come in because I have sleep apnea. Or I come in because I have snoring. Or my wife kicked me out of the bed. Or, or I can't sleep at night. Or I have a CPAP machine. Or I'm a mouth breather. Or I have dry mouth. Or I have dry eyes. Things like this. I even have hearing, hearing issues. Okay. Um, so what do we do? So what I do is I take the patient. I say, Give me, tell me your story. And they go through the story of their symptoms. And then I say, okay, let me ask you a few questions. Okay, did you ever hit your head? And it really backs them up because it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm here for my sinuses. You know, I sleep apnea in my mouth. I say, well, did you ever hit your head? Well, yeah, of course. You know, did you ever play sports? Yeah, you know, sports, fights, falls, bumps. Dr. Stover used to call them bumps and thumps. Bumps and thumps. Little kids grow up. They get, they get in their diapers. They're running around. Boom, they hit the coffee table. Boom, they run into the wall. Boom, they fall off the bike. Boom, they fall down the stairs. Whatever. And they don't break their head, but they thump their head. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, unless the, the head is free and moving, then the brain sends up a red flag. We got a problem over here. And the brain is your mission control. It's mission control. So when you have a cog in the wheel, something's got to give. So what happens is I'll say to patients, tell me, do you ever thump your head? Fall? Oh, I've had a concussion, but, you know, that was 20 years ago. How about your birth? Oh, well, I was a C-section, and, yeah, well, it was induced. Oh, okay, great. How about um, anything else? Well, you know, I, uh, I got hit with a baseball bat in the head when I was a kid. You know, hmm. I fell off the swing and thumped my head. Uh, I fell off the, the, the sliding board, which my daughter did. She, it's funny I'm talking about this. My, You know the sliding board? Yep. My daughter and my son, one day were at the park, and the she was at the top, and he was in front of her, and he must she, he must have stepped back or something, and she stepped back, and all of a sudden there was no stairs, and my wife and I were sitting oh. next to the sliding board, and there's my daughter flying through the air backwards. Oh my gosh! And it was like it was surreal. You know, things slowed down, unbelievable. It mm. slowed down, and then thump. Yep. And she missed the curb. It was one of those oh, you know, wood, chip, wood chip things. Yep, bark you know, dust. Yeah. Bark dust. She missed the curve by, and it, it was almost providential. She would have cracked her head. Yeah. Well, she thumped her head, mm -hmm. but she didn't crack her head. She didn't fracture her skull, but she would have died. I mean, it was like a 12-foot-high sliding board. Yeah. And, of course, she squealed like a stuck pig, and, and so uh, we, I, we didn't go to the hospital. Probably should have, but there was no bleeding. Right. Anyway, I, I, you know, I did some emergency stuff, and we were okay. Yeah. You give them a, this is the thing. You thump your head, you hug the kid, they're crying, they're done, they're done crying, and off they go. Yeah. Well, that, that thump sticks, the brain, the bones don't, they get locked up. It's yeah. like you're driving around with the brakes on. You can only do that for so okay. long before symptoms occur. Yeah. So that's why I go back through that with patients and invariably say, oh, yeah, oh, well, I had a car accident and I, well, yeah, I hit the steering wheel. Oh, I thumped my head. Yeah, but I, you know, I got knocked out, but I'm, a, I was okay. Sure, you were okay. You know, all these car accidents, nobody gets injured. Mm -hmm. Well, all these things happen. So I go back through that. And then I explain the head. You got 22 bones of the head. They pivot off of this. And I have, I have a real skull in my office, and I have plastic skull. So I, I literally show them the anatomy. And by the time they're done, it's like, wow, how come nobody ever told me this? And it's, well, because it's just because. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I got exposed to it. It's not being taught 
the way it should be taught, as it, like it was with people like Dr. Stober. But that's okay. Here I am, and here you are. <laughs> we got a ball game. Yeah. So I just explain everything, and then it's not uncommon for people to say, uh, "Can we go? Can we get started today?" And <laughs> right. But I have to, you know, I have to qualify people because I, you know, there's all kinds of things that could. I just have to qualify people. Yeah. And I rarely say no, but I do have to qualify people. Mm -hmm. So uh, and let them know that they're a candidate, and then I have to explain to them, okay, so this this could be a little uncomfortable. And um, you find out what's interesting. You know, women can take pain better than men. Oh, I could have told you that. I know you could. <laughs> yeah. But really, it's the That's truth. not a secret. It's, it's, it's I'm just the, kidding. It's the, no, it's the truth. You know, it's really, you know, these big guys that are foot, like I've had NFL football players, mm -hmm. big, strong dudes, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you, you, and I just thought, so you know, it might be a little uncomfortable. No, not me, you know. And you find out real quick. Because it's uncomfortable. Yes. But some people you can hit them in the head and... It, and it's it, fine. Nothing. So you have the spectrum. A little uncomfortable, what I, you know, and it's uncomfortable. And then there's, I have to let them know their sinuses might drain a little bit. Uh, and uh, it's like, oh, the kids describe it as having water shoot up the nose. That's okay. one of the most common things with the treatment. So it's not surgical? It's non-surgical. Okay. You're awake. Oh. There's no laughing gas or whatever the dentist, I forget, you know, there's, yeah. we don't put you out. You're just laying there and I do the procedure. In fact, here's how you can think of it. Think of your nose as an A-frame. Okay. And there's a wall down the middle. Mm -hmm. And on each side of the wall, there's a bottom floor, a middle floor, and a top floor. And there's what's called turbinates inside there and they, and they filter the air. So if the sinuses, if the, if, the, if the bones are moving and the brain is pumping, when you're breathing all these allergens in the valley here, you know, take your pick, mold grass seed, you know, whatever the flower of the month is, whatever it is, you know, if your sinuses are breathing properly, these turbinates actually filter the air. That's okay. part of your God-given immune system. Mm -hmm. Okay, so incoming, you know, filter and out, you know, you might get some sinus congestion, but out it goes. Well, if those aren't working because the bones of the head are locked up, because this, this, this nasal bone is connected to the most important one, you get sinus problems, allergies, headaches, headaches, migraine headaches, seasonal allergies. Take your pick. And the Willamette Valley is famous for this. Mm -hmm. because, I mean, the allergy clinics are everywhere, oh, which yeah. is fine. I mean, and that's the gas and oil. The problem is the gas and oil doesn't always work. Right. So, well, you have to have both. But the mechanically by itself, you take the brakes off the car. It's going to start moving. Mm -hmm. You create some momentum. And then you have to do the gas and oil because I have patients that have been all over, I've had patients from all over the world, and they've been through everything. How come I never heard of this? Well, you're hearing it now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Is there other people that practice this nearby? Well, your eight-year-old patient traveled from Idaho. Yeah, somewhere in Idaho, outside of Boise. So somebody. that's amazing. So people travel a far ways just to come see you. I've, I've, I've had a couple patients from Indonesia. I've had a, another lady from wow. uh, Saudi Arabia. Okay. And she brought her Down syndrome. This is another thing. You know, there's a lot of Down syndrome kids, and... Um, they're, they're compromised genetically, okay? But there's so much you can do for them. And I've had a bunch of those in my practice over my years. It's just amazing to see what you can do when Dr. Stubbs say you turn the lights on. Mm -hmm. You take the brakes off, you turn the lights on, and it doesn't matter if they're two days old or 93. And I have a 93-year-old man who was a farmer and sat on his tractor his whole life, farmed thousands of acres in the valley, didn't know what it was like to breathe through his mouth. I mean, through his nose. And he was, you know, he went through the era of chemicals and everything. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, chemical. Yeah, sure. You put the chemicals on a thing, you know, and no problem. Well, his wife 
they found me. I, I forget how they found me, but they found me. And um, he's breathing through his nose for the first time in his life. Oh, my gosh. And I bet that's a game changer. It is a game changer. Mm-hmm. In fact, and the kids, their kids say, oh, that's what? I mean, I'll be very honest. I, I've had people come in my office and say, this is quackery. And I'd say, well, what are you doing here? Yeah. What, what, what do you want? What do you want from me? I'm a quack. Yeah. And they say, well, I'm hurting so bad. And my doctor told me to come see you. So I'm giving it a shot. Okay. And sure enough, now I might see him. I might see, I have a series of treatments that I recommend. And I see people, uh, maintenance or occasionally after that. But, you know, I've, I've had the gamut. I, I'm pretty thick skinned with yep. patients. I mean, I love them all, but you know, everybody comes in with their stuff. Yes. So my consultation is, you know, how, why are you here? Tell me your story. Um, let me tell you my story, and if I think you're a candidate, it's a good fit, and then it's up to you. That's because, so awesome. Uh, you know, that's how it works. Okay, well, we are just about out of time, so give me your phone number, address, and website one more time. 503-472-6550, nasalspecific.com, or Oregon Wellness Care. I'm in McMinnville, Oregon. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have a blessed day.